In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I worked at the hospital, I used to do uh, groups on psychiatry, about four groups a week. And it was always interesting and sometimes horrifying to hear what people said about their background. A question that I asked fairly regularly was this. What were the messages that you received growing up? Think about that for yourself. What were the messages that you received when you were growing up? And maybe they were good messages that, you know, we love you and we think you're talented and, you know, we're excited for the things you're going to do in life. Maybe they were good. But oftentimes on psychiatry, they were not very good. And people grew out of dysfunctional families. And I remember one young woman in particular, and there's many, but I remember one young gal that said, almost every message that I received when I was growing up was negative. My dad said I would never amount to anything. And he was usually teed off at my mother who was chasing drugs and using drugs. And he was frustrated and he didn't have time for us. And my mother would be in withdrawal sometimes and then she would say horribly mean things. She said, here's the messages that I got from my mother. What's wrong with you? Are you stupid? Can't you get anything right? You're a mistake. I wish I'd never had you. How's that for shaming messages? And thus it was no great surprise that she was in the hospital for her third suicide attempt. Because she got the message, I shouldn't exist. I shouldn't even be alive. I'm worthless. And so she was working to make that happen. And it is so disheartening to see a young, bright, beautiful woman like this who has not one glimmer of hope whatsoever about who she is and what she is worth. It's a terrible thing. And I hope that, and I suspect that most of us did not have that kind of message given to us as we grew up. And that we had much better messages of love and acceptance. And that's great. But I think even babies, I, I, this might be kind of crazy, but I think babies know before they're born. I should talk to Dr. Berner about this. I think babies know before they're born even whether they're, whether they're wanted or not. But I certainly know that babies after they're born as infants know whether they are worth anything or whether they should exist or whether they shouldn't. And one of the ways I know is because of a horrible experiment that was done many decades ago in an orphanage where they had all these rows and rows of cribs of, of babies and they gave all of them their physical care. So they all were fed and changed and uh, had their noses suctioned out and you know those kinds of things. But um, they split the, the room in half. All of the babies got their physical care. But half of the room, the babies also had emotional uh, support. They were picked up and held and talked to and sung to and cooed over and laughed at and all the things that people can do with babies. And the other half got none of that. And at the end of the year, the half that had 
both physical and emotional care, all of them survived and thrived. And the other half that didn't get that, 50% of them just plain died. They got the message. They shouldn't exist. And so they didn't. In the gospel lesson for today, Jesus got a message, got a strong message. It was at his baptism. He went to the River Jordan to be baptized by John. John was a little hesitant at that, thinking that didn't respect the hierarchy. And Jesus said, no, no, that's the way we've got to do it. And in the Gospel of Matthew, it's almost like a second birth narrative. Jesus doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything until after he's baptized. So then he comes up out of the water, almost like out of the birth canal one more time. And the, the Spirit of God, in the form of a dove, alights on him. And then he hears God's big voice that says, This is my Son, my Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Maybe it was more like this. This is my Son, my Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. What a, what a great message to receive upon beginning his public ministry. But I oftentimes think, how different this message would have sounded if he had gotten this only after he'd been out there doing his public ministry for a couple of years. You know, after he'd done stuff, after he healed some people and cast out a few demons and turned some, uh, a few loaves of bread into a meal for 5,000, walked on the water, raised some people from the dead, you know, did stuff like that. And then he got the message, you are my beloved in whom I am well pleased, my son it would have then sounded like he, Jesus was his beloved and was, uh, was well-pleased because of the stuff he had done, not just because of who he was. But because he had that message at the beginning, right after he's baptized, before he had done one darn thing, then you know that it is a message of being beloved. And being beloved is a lot different than being praised. To be beloved, you don't have to do anything. You're just loved because you are, because of who you are. To be praised, you have to keep doing stuff to get praised. So, you know, when, when, when you were uh, uh, 10 months old or a, a short yearling, you started to walk probably, and then, you know, your parents and grandparents, you know, clapped wildly and made a big fuss over it. And then you found out you had to do more tricks to get more praise, so then at two you started to try to talk, and then eventually you had to, uh, you know, learn to tie your shoes and, and go to school and print your name. And you ju it just goes on and on to, you know, the, to, to get this kind of praise. And then, then you've got, then the, then you got the, the ribbons and then there's the trophies and then there's the diplomas and then there's the, you know, it's exhausting just to try to be okay. And yet that's not what Jesus had at his baptism. He hadn't done anything. And the Lord was saying, You are my son, my beloved, and in you I am well pleased. And that, that is what we hear at our baptisms. And that's one of the reasons I, I really like infant baptism. Uh, because, uh, not that adult baptism is not good either, but for infants, you, you have that sense that they haven't done one darn thing either. And yet here God is whispering in our ear at infant baptism, 
you are my son. You are my daughter. You are beloved. I am well pleased with you. We haven't done anything. And God still loves us and thinks we're terrific and can't get enough of us and promises to never forsake us. And he never does. No matter how many horrible things happen, and they do, God has promised even if we forsake him, he's not going to forsake us. He will be there. And he knows what it's like to lose somebody. He knows what it's like to be hurt and to be disappointed. And he will be there for us. That's what our baptism says. Otherwise, we have to, to get praise. We have to keep doing more and greater things. And it's exhausting. But the other thing uh, about this is that when we hear the voice of God whispering in our ear that we are beloved, it's a good thing because there are other voices out there that are not whispering. They're shouting out loud. They're clamoring for us to pay attention. And they're saying very different things about us. They're saying that we're not good or we're not good enough. And if you uh, watch television at all, uh, about half of the advertisements are based on the fact that you're not good enough in some area. You need to be thinner. You need to be more muscular. You need to have more hair. You need to uh, have a better memory. Take Prevagen uh, you, you, so you remember stuff. You need, you need to uh, be hotter and sexier and your lipstick and your nails and your, you know, uh, oh gosh, it goes on. It's all about you're not okay. And if you use our product, suddenly you'll be okay. Well, that's not what we hear from the Lord God. He doesn't care if we got ingrown toenails and funky hair and strange speech patterns and, you know, uh, flatulence. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care what we've got. We are beloved. We are beloved. And so today, again, we look at the baptism of Jesus and we remember uh, the greatest thing is that the Lord God looks at us and he says, you are my beloved, my son, my daughter. I am well pleased with you. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.